the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome back to the Seth Leapson Show. I want to do two pieces of audio, one for temporary purposes and one for what we call durable purposes. Do you have that CNN audio, Bill? Don't play it just yet. I want to do the setup here. There's a uh, restaurant in California called Basilico Pasta e Vino. My Italian's good enough to know that means pasta and wine. And perhaps if anyone here goes to California and is in the mood for an Italian meal, this should be the restaurant of first choice. I'm totally supportive of this man, <coughs> Tony Roman. He was invited, <coughs> excuse me, he was invited on the Chris Cuomo show on CNN last night to defend his thwarting of the mask mandates in California. And here's what transpired. Basically the equivalent of George H.W. Bush telling Dan Rather he has no moral authority to question his judgment. Listen to this. The whole reason this is happening is because people won't protect themselves, Tony. I mean, what are you thinking? Then why did you leave your house when, when you had COVID? I mean, you had it and you left your house. I mean, it's been documented. First right? of all, so it has been documented. My ass, it's been documented. I quarantined. Why, why I went out. It? My wife got accosted by somebody. I don't know, man. You're and I, I know you don't know, so I'm trying to help you. The science is clear, Tony. You're trying to help me. You're I don't want you, you to get sick the way I was the sick. The science is clear. Oh, you care about me all of a sudden, huh? Enough to have you on the show because I don't like people uh, making bad decisions for themselves and their family. I was hoping it was a little bit of a stunt. You have the freedom not to take the vaccine. Well, I just ask, don't know why you think it's a good move. Maybe uh, maybe we should ask your brother about protecting people, right? I hey, mean, look, that's his job. Uh, and if he doesn't no, do it well, whole, people won't vote whole, for him. That's a whole new can of worms. But no, look, Tony, look, I don't Listen, know if you know me too well. My, I'm not shy away my stand from is not I'm a political you about stand. You. Yeah, good. I appreciate that, too, because I know you talk a lot. So, so my, my stance here is a pro-freedom stand only. It's not political. You're never going to... If you come down here, you're not going to see a Trump flag flying over the roof, okay? You're not going to see campaign signs. You're not going to see campaign slogans or political slogans ever, okay? Mm -hmm. You're only going to see pro-freedom messages, and that's it. Um, and you're not going to drag me down the hole talking about the science. It's, this is not about whether I'm pro-vaccine or not. I'm pro-freedom, anti-tyranny, okay? And, uh, you know, may maybe the conversation should really be between me and your brother. That, that's what I'm thinking. Maybe so. You're pro-freedom, but people can't wear masks. Tony, it doesn't make sense. It really doesn't. I gave you a chance to make the case. I wish you well. I hope your family stays safe. I made my case. You didn't have much to say. You didn't have much to say. I mean, so I honestly, you sound like an idiot, so there's not much to say. But Tony, All right. Well, that's, that's the way the, that CNN and, and Chris Cuomo uh, views uh, people who disagree with their line. They're not wrong. They're idiots. Um, and the only mistake as he went on to say Chris Cuomo did, was having him on his airwaves or on his show. Yes, so anyone who disagrees is is an idiot, and the mistake was to have someone who didn't disagree 
excuse me, someone who didn't agree with Chris Cuomo air his opinions. Now, when Chris Cuomo said, my, you know what, it was documented that I left the house with COVID, he was lying. He was lying. We have the video. We have have the video, and we actually have a quote on the record from Chris Cuomo after the event where a bicyclist and Chris Cuomo got into a tiff. We also have a police report because the bicyclist filed a police report against Chris Cuomo while he had COVID. Whatever became of that, I'll let you figure out. The answer is nothing. Why? Well, we've been through it before. If you want to get out of arrest free card or get out of jail free card, once upon a time, people would put pro-police bumper stickers on their cars, you know, thinking they might get just a little extra leniency if they were going 60 in a 45, perhaps, but they had a, you know, I support the police union um, bumper sticker. That was their thought. A little bit of insurance. I don't know if it ever really helped. Probably anecdotal. But uh, having said that, uh, having, having said that, the um, the bumper sticker now, all it needs to say is uh, I voted for Biden or vote Democrat. That's that's all you need to say now. And it's and, and it's and it will get you. It will get you a lot further through our criminal justice system, easier and with more leniency than if you say you're a Republican or if you identify as a conservative. That's where we are these days. That's why you have midnight raids, or I should say early morning pre-sun-up, pre-sunrise raids of multiple federal agents with guns drawn taking down dangerous campaign consultants with people with names like Manafort or Stone, and very little, if any, overnight detentions of people who burnt cities down and threw firebombs at federal courthouses last year, not only stopping the wheels of justice, but stopping the wheels of civil rights justice. I'll never get over the irony of Democrats defending the firebombing of a federal courthouse in Oregon while they were demanding justice for racial minorities. The demand for justice for racial minorities is an inherently decent one, but it's almost exclusively vindicated in the federal courts. And their idea of vindicating it was to burn that federal court down. And I'm going to tell you right now, without having done much research, I know I'm right. The judges and the decisions that came out of that federal court in Oregon, I'm going to guess were about 80-20 progressive just knowing the federal judiciary as I do in places like Oregon, about probably 80-20 outcomes that progressives, leftists, Democrats, and Marxists would have wanted. That's not why they were firebombing it last year. They were firebombing it for the same reason they were trying to get rid of statues of Jefferson as well as Douglas. And by Douglas, I don't mean the Douglas who ran against Lincoln. I don't mean Stephen A. Douglas. I mean Frederick Douglas, the man who worked with Lincoln to help issue the Emancipation Proclamation and ultimate manumission for all slaves in America. They don't hate what happens inside that federal courthouse in Oregon They don't know anything about Thomas Jefferson or Abraham Lincoln or Frederick Douglass. 
except the one thing they do know. These are representations. These are symbols of America. And that's what has to be destroyed. That's what has to go. I was rereading one of my favorite pieces and thinking about this. And it was from the historian Wilford McClay, who in his textbook, Land of Hope, An Invitation to the Great American Story, it's a history, American history textbook. In his introduction, he writes, an animal, meaning is not a luxury, it is a necessity. Without it, we perish. Historical consciousness is to civilized society what memory is to individual identity. Without memory and without the stories by which our memories are carried forward, we cannot say who or what we are. Without them, our life and thought dissolve into a meaningless, unrelated rush of events. That's what gives rise and soil, fertile soil, to the crisis industrial complex. That rush of unrelated, meaningless events. Notice the pronouns. I wanted to get to pronouns. Notice the pronouns Wilfred McClay uses. Almost all plural or third person. For the human animal, meaning is not a luxury. It is a necessity. Without it, we perish. Historical consciousness is to civilized society what memory is to individual identity. Without memory and without the stories by which our memories, our memories are carried forward, we, we cannot say who or what we are. Without them, our life and thought dissolve into a meaningless, unrelated rush of events. Why do I find that use of pronouns and, um, and plurals important? Because it stands in direct opposite to the I, to the personal, to the my. I had a long discussion in my interview with Bill Bennett earlier today on his podcast about that. And I want to say something about it in uh, relation to the Simone Biles situation. We'll do so when we come back. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show, portions of which are brought to you by my friends at Trades Unlimited for all your roofing needs. I've used them. I will continue to use them as I need them. My friends have used them. They're a fantastic company with an A-plus rating. I've been down to their warehouses and offices to meet the team. It's a great team at Trades Unlimited. And they want me to tell you about their expertise with foam roofs, which help insulate your home from exterior noises, as well as obviously the summer heat, but most importantly from water leaks. Foam roofs are often a great solution to heat, noise, and water leaks. Of course, they can last forever. They do need recoding after five or so years, and Trades Unlimited is expert at all of that. But for any roofing needs of any kind, whether it's a foam roof, another kind of roof, whether it's an inspection, a repair, an entire replacement, they are honest and they are there. They are honest and they are there and they are great. Give my friends at Trades Unlimited a call for all your roofing needs by calling them at 480-483-1775 or visiting them online at tradesunlimited.com. 
That's tradesunlimited.com. Here's my old friend Smitty in Scottsdale. How are you, brother? Hello there. How are I you? Wanted to talk, I wanted to talk about Simone Biles for a second. Oh, yeah, let's do, uh, please. All right, I've, I've read a lot of comments and commentary, and they are all missing very important context. As a springboard diver in high school and college, uh, I can tell you that the gymnasts and the platform divers make it all look very easy. But if uh, these athletes lose focus for a fraction of a second, they're in a wheelchair for the rest of their lives. If they're lucky. Yeah, exactly. Charles Krauthammer can tell you all about that, were he alive. Exactly. So I I appreciate the commentary from Rory McIlroy and everybody else, and many have been very supportive. But without the context, it's a little hard to judge. And if she made a determination that she couldn't have 100% focus, then, you know, she can't compete. She can't put her life at risk to entertain the world. It just doesn't compute. I have no argument with your position, Smitty. I wonder if you uh, agree with the one I, I have, which I was mentioning yesterday, and I'll do it again in a second. But just so you know, um, Bill Bennett has a podcast. He had me on today for it. It'll probably uh, air tomorrow or be available tomorrow. And we were set aside an hour for him to talk with me about the January 6th investigation and the mask thing. We spent the first 20 minutes on this issue. And um, there were three perspectives shared. And yours was well aired and well stated um, by one of the guests on that show. My position accepts yours, but is a little different about what's important here. Um, And I'll tell you what it is, and you tell me if you agree. I have no problem uh, with people who admit and have to adjust their lives based on mental health issues. Some of them can have – can be congenital or or heritable, and some can have, you know, acute onsets. Um, I I have been involved in the mental health uh, – Business in the non not business, but in mental health nonprofits for at least twenty years. And my point was this: starting last March, uh, more than a handful of us were warning about the mental health effects of the COVID shutdowns and lockdowns, particularly of our children. I myself wrote columns published in Real Clear Politics, Fox News, and elsewhere about that. My favorite anecdote about this is there was a a very, very deeply knowledgeable assistant secretary at the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services under Donald Trump. Her name was Eleanor McCants Katz. She had a Ph.D. and an M.D., M.D. in psychiatry, Ph.D. in epidemiology. And she gave a 20-minute speech in April warning us about the social and psychological effects of school and church closings on not just society, but particularly on our children. I knew that YouTube was monitoring what I was saying about COVID. And so what I decided to do was just quote her speech verbatim and announce at the front that that's what I was doing. And all I did was say, this is from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Senate confirmed Assistant Secretary, Dr. Eleanor McCants Katz. And then I just read her speech verbatim. YouTube banned it. It was all about mental health aspects. And 
you know, part of me wants to say welcome to the party, pal, not to you, but to the society defending, you know, mental health as the answer and justification for anything she may have said or done in her ultimate decision. I, I, I don't have a particular issue with that. I have a particular issue with a society that wants to reward a young adult and highly achieving athlete with those accolades and say to the rest of society, go to hell. We don't care about your mental health. That's my real problem. Not the inconsistency, but actually what you might call uh, the, um, the star sidling. When it comes to mental health of stars, the elites are for it. When it comes to children, and by children I mean something on the order of 50 million who are having their entire social, emotional, athletic, and educational lives disrupted by a lurching, dramatic, immediate whiplashing effect of shutting them down, including their church and after-school activities, I just have a hard time with society saying yes to Simone but no to those 50 million children. That's my problem. Oh, I agree. But, you know, they're always searching out there for anything that will uh, support uh, their talking points, their agenda, uh, their position. And and I think in this case, they may have made a, a mountain out of a molehill. I think she that's have, right. I think that's she, right. She may have made a very simple athletic decision that just says, you know, I went out there, and I'm not 100% focused, and 99% puts my puts me at risk, and I just can't do that. Had she said that, I don't know that we would have had a different result. But she, yeah, that's more- that's actually a very valuable point, Smitty, because she didn't really say that. Yeah, and you know, look, I think there's a lot of pressure on her for a variety of reasons, and a lot of other athletes and celebrities uh to say what's woke let me ask you a tough question let me ask you a tough question can you stay i have to hit a break can you stay on the line yeah Uh, and take take us into the next uh segment with your answer i'll let you think of it about it over the uh over the course of the break but i gotta hit it and it came up on the podcast i'd be curious what you i'd be curious what others think but you particularly smitty for raising it do you think the media and most of society would have wrapped their arms around this athlete as they have Simone if Simone were a man. I want you to think through that uh, and tell me if you think the treatment would have been different or the same. I'm Seth Liebson. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show. Smitty, excuse me, Smitty is in uh, Scottsdale, and uh, we're talking about uh, the um, the Olympics and Simone and uh, her reasons for uh, leaving uh, the competition. And Smitty had, I think, some really good points that I don't disagree with. Um, Smitty, the question I asked is though: Do you think she would have been defended and rewarded? by the media and by the culture as she has been if she were a man, if a man were saying the same thing she did, if a man were claiming a mental health uh, breakdown or situation that prevented him from competing. Do you think it would be the same response? I think yes, 
uh, all things being equal, what is that, Ceteris Paribus? If all things were equal and we had a Michael Phelps kind of a star of gymnastics or platform diving and the message was delivered similarly but with a little bit more clarity that says, you know, when we practice, we use safety harnesses because what we do is dangerous. And when we're working without a net, we put our lives at risk. And so we can't be anything but totally focused. And unfortunately, at this point, I am not. Yeah. And it's, and I'm and you can't I can't, I'm sorry to let everybody down, but I have a family, I have friends, I have whatever, and I can't put my life at risk um, if I'm not you know, just to, just to perform. The, the only uh, emendation I would it. make. Yeah. The only, the only correction I would be tempted to make Smitty, and you're more experienced in this than I, but the, the only thing I would be wanting to talk about is a little less I and my, and a little more team and us and we, I will let she the team talk- down. I will let the country down. That's not why I came here. You know, I think a little more of that. Well, that that's nice, and I guess that's part of. The well, the delivery. reason I say it is because I really worry about the 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 importance, the elevated importance we're giving to individual subjectivity and individual well, preference. It's very close from "I, I, me, me," which was her speech, to my truth, and she's not there as an I or a me and competing. In an individual sense, she's there with a team representing a country. I don't mean to use this as a door to beat up on her too terribly much. I just want I just want us to not confuse the personal with the collective. Hard to do. I understand everybody that had that reaction that she's letting down the team and there's no I in team and and all of those things. Uh, but and again, I think it was the delivery uh that could have been so much better and then lacking the context uh, uh, of the fact that this person puts her life at risk every time she performs. Uh, That's a fair reminder. It is. And I'll, and I'll, and I'll give you um, a little even more support. You said it could have been better. It could have, it could have been much worse too. Don't you agree? It really could have been much worse. There could have oh, been a yeah. whole lot of cards that were played that she did not play. Oh, absolutely. But, you know, Michael Phelps has come out and, and uh, talked about his issues. Yes, but he never quit. Issues. That is correct, but he never put his life at risk either. Except uh, on the road, I suppose. Yeah, not, not yeah. in his sport. Yeah, not in his sport. Right. He only that, put his and his others' lives on the road. Right. Fair enough. Okay. Right. It's so, a different so point. So we would have – It's a we different would point. Have, Yeah. We would have reacted similarly uh, to Michael Phelps uh, with the whole let the team down, let the country down, and what do you mean you can't get in there and give one up for the Gipper and Tiger Woods play with a broken leg, and I'm sure Tom Brady's had a headache during a game. Yeah, but, you know, there's a big difference, and that was missed. Well, Carrie Strug, I mean, she, 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 she did this, right? Absolutely, right. absolutely, absolutely. But, you know, again uh, – I think that I think your danger point is a perfectly valid one. I support it. I am not in the camp of wanting to lambast her. I'm in the camp of wanting to lambast the rest of the culture 
that finds it, and it's not you because oh, yeah. you've been you've been consistent on this point as well. But mostly oh, yeah. the progressive culture that finally discovered mental health matters when it comes to their fellow elites. That's all. That's my only point. All right. So quick, quick. Comment. I think we agree on Se- everything. <laughs> Go ahead. All right. Seven days in May. I hated it. Okay, no, no, I did not hate it. It's a great cast. Um, and it reminded me of what Holly, thank you for the recommendation, by the way. It reminded me of a, what Hollywood used to be able to do. And it also, it's funny. You watch an old movie and watch a current movie. Boy, is the pace different. You can really tell the declining attention span of the American culture by the way they pace movies these days. You know what I mean? But thank you for the right. Re- yeah, no, I'm glad I did it. I'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Leapson show, portions of which have been brought to you by Cool Touch. Cool Touch air conditioning, heating, and plumbing. For all your air conditioning and plumbing needs, they are available 24-7. I've had to avail myself of a weekend after hours call, and they were there, and they did the job, and they did it great, as they do every job, and with fantastic customer service as well. All my friends and family use Cool Touch, as do I, for all your air conditioning and plumbing needs. They have a new unit that's very interesting because instead of the air conditioning turning on and off to maintain the temperature you want, it's as if it has a dimmer switch on it that keeps the automatic temperature, the the temperature there automatically with using just the right percentage of power so that the continual surges needed that contribute those huge drags on your power and thus power bill are reduced dramatically with big savings and the most comfortable living environment you could desire. For that system or any other, and by the way, on that system, Cool Touch has a $2,000 rebate offer right now, but for that system or any other, or a repair or inspection, call Cool Touch. Call them at 623-734-1932 or visit them online at cooltouchac.com. And remember, they're just as good at plumbing as they are air conditioning. I'm Seth Liebson, 602-508-0960. Last word on the Olympics situation I wanted to hand to our resident uh, sports authority, and that's my producer, Bill. You had a thought on this, you said, Bill. Yeah, I think Smitty mentioned the best comparison with a team component yeah. with some bit of danger, and uh-huh. that's to- if Tom Brady decided, say, before the Super Bowl, the biggest event you know, in his sport— that he said something like, you know, I'm, I'm, just for my mental health, I think I'm not going to play. Um, you know, I wouldn't want to get myself hurt not paying attention right or let my teammates down. How would that have been received? I just – that's the maybe one thing I disagree with in reg- uh, in my conversation with Smitty. I'm not so sure. I'm just not so sure the reaction would have been the same with a man as with a woman. If I'm right, if I'm right about that, then – um, we know we're dealing with what a lot of us have worried about over the years, different standards, different standards of acceptance and professionalism. Uh, this is not the biggest problem with the Olympics, and it should not be the biggest story coming out of the Olympics. I worry that it may be. But it did give me the opportunity in thinking about what I was saying with Smitty uh, to think about a little bit of this pronoun problem. The I and my as opposed to the we and ours. Um, The notion of 
subjective truth trumping objective truth. In other words, my truth as opposed to the truth. And I wanted to say something about that uh, before I return to your calls. I've been looking for this for some time. Professor, you've heard me talk about, taught me everything I know, Harry Jaffa, once imagined a conversation caught on tape between Ted Bundy and one of his victims. Has our culture moved so fast that I need to say who Ted Bundy was? Might as well, lest he get confused for a sitcom shoe salesman. Ted Bundy, <clears throat> what that was Al, right? Ted Bundy was a serial killer, murderer, who I think had more than 30 deaths chalked up to his evil and iniquitous accomplishments. Just a brutal killer who took the lives especially of women, and I think it was ended up being 30, 40, 50 lives, something like that, ultimately met the death penalty, uh, and I think was last probably majorly in the news and captured somewhere in the late, mm, late 80s, mid-80s, late 80s, something like 1988, 89, somewhere in there. Harry Jaffa imagined a conversation between Ted Bundy and one of his victims right before he killed her, and the woman in this conversation said, why do you want to kill me? And he said, Bundy, I'm glad we are having this talk. None of my other victims ever asked me to justify myself as you are doing. And so I must tell you and hope it will afford you some satisfaction that you are, if possible, increasing the pleasure I am having from our acquaintance, short as it may be. I want you to know that once upon a time, I too believed that God and the moral law prescribed boundaries within which my life had to be lived. That was before I took my first college course in philosophy. Then it was that I discovered how unsophisticated, indeed primitive, my earlier beliefs had been. Then I learned that all moral judgments are just value judgments and that all value judgments are subjective and that none can be proved to be either right or wrong. Believe it or not, I figured out for myself that if the rationality of one value judgment was zero, multiplying it by millions would not make it one whit more rational. Nor is there any reason to obey the law for anyone like myself who has the boldness and daring, the strength of character to throw off its shackles. And I was assured by what I regarded as the highest possible authority, a Harvard-trained philosophy professor, that, quote, the root notion of true freedom is the spontaneous, uninhibited expression of the integrated self, and that the absence of freedom means the presence of blocks or limitations that prevent unfettered expressions of the self, close quote. I discovered that to become truly free, truly unfettered, I had to become truly uninhibited. And I quickly discovered that the greatest obstacle to my freedom, the greatest block and limitation to it, consisted in the insupportable value judgment that I was bound to respect the rights of others. I asked myself, who were these others? Other human beings with human rights? Why is it more wrong to kill a human animal than any other animal, a pig? A sheep, a steer, is our life more to you than a hog's life to a hog? Why should I be willing to sacrifice my pleasures more for one than for the other? Surely you would not 
in this age of scientific enlightenment declare that God or nature has marked some pleasures as moral or good and others as immoral or bad. In any case, let me assure you, my dear young lady, that there is absolutely no comparison between the pleasure I might take in eating ham and the pleasure I anticipate in raping and murdering you. This is the honest conclusion to which my education has led me after the most conscientious examination of my spontaneous and uninhibited self. At this point in the tape of the conversation, there was a scream followed by a click. I usually end the show uh, with a closing thought, but I wasn't able to get to the callers I wanted to. So let's give the last word to Joshua and Gilbert. Joshua, hi, if you can make it quick, buddy. Yeah, you got it, Seth. Thank you so much. You bet. Uh, just real quick, my wife is an RN here locally at a prominent hospital. I work in healthcare staffing. And um, just from what we're hearing locally through her friends and what I do, um, this whole ma- vaccine mandate that they're going to put on a lot of the large hospital systems here and nationally is going to drive a lot of nurses possibly out in the healthcare system. I can say, you know, personally here locally is extremely understaffed. So these hospitals are playing a real dangerous game of chicken and could lose a lot more people already and put themselves in a really, really bad bind uh, with losing staff over this. Joshua, thank you. Why would it lead to losing nurses? I know a lot of nurses who don't want to take there the you vaccine. Go. Yep. 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 That's- there you go. But we're supposed to listen to them, aren't we? Yeah, my wife's pregnant, and we're due, we're due with our second kid in September, and she doesn't even know if she wants to take it, but afraid they're going to make her anyway. So it's happening to a lot of nurses, I, I promise. So just thought uh, I'd let uh, you know. Well, I want to thank you for telling us that and reminding a lot of fellow Americans that not everyone is in the same situation. And these, you know, universal recommendations, cum mandates – have real-life consequences to the varieties of human life that take place in a country we call America. And if we don't want to treat the American people as if Washington is a scattershot shotgun that requires a scattershot shotgun approach to every single problem, if we want a country that does that, we have one. It used to be called America. Let's keep it that way. And Joshua, thank you for that. It's important for people to know not everyone's life is lived the exact same way. But when it comes to vaccines, at the end of the day, is it too much to ask our fellow citizens, I'm not going to alter my life because of your paranoias. Can you probably accept the same thing when I ask you not to alter yours because of mine? Can't we just do that? can't we? God bless you all. Until tomorrow, I'm Seth and class dismissed. And Joshua, congratulations on the pregnancy and good luck on the blessed event.